Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, episode 186. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's sweeping the nation, wrapping up another amazing season here of shows. Well, it's not really the end of the season. We end our seasons and uh, the end of February. So uh, season four, one man's opinion. Thank you for being a part of it. However, you have stumbled on. However, you've supported the program, whether you're just listening in anger and rage or you're supporting it or you're just downloading, but you listen to some of it. Man, I I get it. It's uh, the holiday season. Times are busy. I appreciate each and every one of you. My name is Jeff Manz. In case this is your first time listening, well, you could hear my voice on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time every weekday afternoon. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network. Also the host, co-host of Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time every Sunday during the NFL regular season. I'm part owner and chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. That's where all my content is rankings and projections and football and baseball and basketball. And I don't do hockey, but other, we've got a great team over at fantasyguru.com that does do hockey and PGA and NASCAR and every sport you could feast your eyes upon everybody. And uh, speaking of which I will be hardcore at NBA after the NFL regular season commences. I'm still all playoffs football, all the way through the Super Bowl, bets, uh, postseason leagues, all that good stuff. But uh, I'll start doing daily basketball bets, and we were pretty hot, up over 30 units a year ago, and NBA betting. And I didn't start until mid, mid-February on that one. MVP package right now. Use the promo code HOHO. Uh, we have a – it's actually 50% off. Of all of our packages right now, the regular price, plus if you use that, that's just standard. You don't need a promo code for that. And then use HOHO, H-O-H-O. That's another $25 off. That's the Christmas Manscation promo that we're running over fantasyguru.com. So, you know, come be a part of the largest fantasy sports community, active fantasy sports community on earth. If you ever wonder, like, you play daily or you're betting and, you're not having the success you want or need or desire. Well, chances are you need to join a place like fantasyguru.com where we can help you and assist you and you could tail in our drift because we are hot right now, especially at NFL betting, ladies and gentlemen. So get over there, check that out. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. This may be a quicker episode today. I, I've like it's the holiday rush. I'm trying to do a hundred things. I've got a lot of specials that we're taping for those who want to peek behind the curtain a little bit. You know, for SiriusXM, for our Elite Plus Network here at FantasyGuru.com. Remember, like Christmas is the only holiday that I take off, or you know, at least shut it down most of the way. And I try to get as much time. My kids are getting older and I don't want to miss any of these moments. It's the only days that I even, but it's not that we're going to leave everybody out in the lurch. We understand. And there's games on Christmas. So what we do do a lot of pre-recording and special content for those slates and everything else like that. So 
doing all that, it's a heavy workload and trying to balance the stuff for Christmas uh, for me and my family there as well. So I'm going to dive right into it. Let's get into the week 14 recap. Uh, by now, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you already listened to me at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, and you heard me go off on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, by the way, this is an uncensored podcast, meaning not only do I curse, I will say the swear words. So put the kids away, you know, earmuffs, put that noise canceling headphones on, put the AirPods in, and I'm going to say things. I'm going to say things. And I'm also going to talk, I'll talk politics or religion and all that kind of stuff that if you're one of those that get panties in a bunch, well, this is kind of not the show for you. That being said, I think Patrick Mahomes is the biggest bitch I've ever seen in my fucking life this past week. And I, let me, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. Right. I love, I mean, I don't know why I, I was raised, I guess, just differently than some people. Because, and again, it, it's cost me friendships and things over the years, but I'm honest. Like, there, we and my closest friends, Ted Schuster, and our, our close knit group, of, we say things to each other that you would think the way they talk to me, you would be like, holy shit, can't believe you get them get away with. That's how I was raised. My family, we just fucking say what we think and we just cut. And I mean, not trying to hurt people, we just say the truth. Like, oh, fuck you wearing what the fuck what's that big fucking spot on your your forehead what the fuck you got there you got acting what do you got you got a fucking liver spot like it's it's not like that's how we roll and the more you like somebody the more honest you are and i like patrick Mahomes a great deal but he was the biggest fucking crybaby i've ever seen that all of chief's kingdom or whatever you're calling yourselves that's fucking pathetic i mean and i know there's a bunch of chiefs fans that listen listen Number one, some of you are bullshit and you fucking know it. I'm not playing your fucking little game where you just decided in 2019 that you're a Chiefs fan. Fuck off. You fucking people, man. I fucking, I fucking seed you motherfuckers. Sam, I, I grew up with it. It was a fucking 49ers. Like, oh, I'm the 49ers fan. Really? South side of Chicago? You're just random San Francisco? Okay. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. Same people a couple years later, a fucking Cowboys, America's team. Woo! What? That's kind of fucking weird, right? Oh, then they love the Rams. Oh, fucking Marshall Falk, baby. Greatest show on turf. Then they liked the fuck. Then they had a 20-year stint as the Patriots fans. Like, dude, you guys don't fucking fool me. You just don't fool me. If you grew up there, if you know Marty Schott, Marty Schottenheimer, it, it, that, fine. Right. If you fucking know the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye and Barry Word, right? If that's if you're that's in your history and DNA, fine. Yeah, absolutely. You deserve everything. You number one, everybody deserves to be a winner. Everybody deserves the opportunity to win. But you don't deserve the opportunity to just randomly decide on your team across the entire country and then change it every couple of years. Just so happenstance that you're always on a team that or you're always supporting a team that happens to win more than they lose. That's bullshit. That's just fucking bullshit. If you see a number, oh shit, I'm going to, uh, 58. If you wear a, a number 50, if you rock a number 58 Kansas City Chiefs jersey, I can fuck with you. All right. Then I, I get that. 
at that point. But if you don't know who that is, if that's not your, then then go fuck yourself. You know, Mahomes is the guy. He was a bitch, a little baby bitch. Uh, when he's crying, listen, man, this happens to all of us. It happens in DFS. It happens in fantasy football. We think we are. We think that we're better than we are. We think that because we won something before, that entitles us to something now. And it just does it. I, I don't know how else to phrase or emphasize that point. You, you're not entitled to anything. You don't get special treatment just because maybe you did before, maybe you didn't. People misinterpreted my tweet about the Chiefs saying, I th- thought that they shouldn't have got those penalties. I never said that at the time. I never said that at all. The bottom line is you can't say, let them play. We shouldn't be calling penalties at the end of games, but then win the AFC championship game on that a penalty at the end of the game where they didn't let them play and win a fucking Super Bowl. It doesn't equate. Something has to give. All right. So I've blown, I feel like I've blown that point up and everybody's talked about it. It's almost passe at this point. You know what I mean? So um, that was that. You know what I mean? Like there's that, I figure that. I got more to say on week 14 though that I never even got into on the Sirius XM show. You know, the Raiders-Vikings game. I mean, oh my God, how bad of a football game could you be? And I said it on the XM show, and I really mean it. Okay, I want. I hope my audience knows that there's a difference between being wrong and being a criminal, right? There's one thing, like it's like this in real life. I, I'm just in our real lives. We know there's a difference between. Um, you know, walking across a busy road, jaywalking, as they call it, or we can call it, um, or gliding, you're rolling past the stop, rolling through a stop sign, which is not good for all my police officers, but that's one thing. And then there is going 30 miles an hour through a crosswalk in a school zone. You know what I mean? Like they're in, in have hammering 12, Jaeger shots and fucking getting into your car and, you know, driving to pick up your kids from school. Like we understand that there are differences, right? And the the differences are one thing is bad. It's not good to be wrong. It's not good to do the wrong thing. And then there's something that's catastrophically bad. And I think in fantasy sports, I think in sports content in general, There needs to be repercussions because how many people told us that Josh Dobbs was a certifiable starting quarterback in this league? How many? I mean, they really said it. And fucking motherfuckers. The reason they said it is because Chris fucking Collinsworth Chris Collinsworth put this on us. 
it was, you know, Monday night football, Bears and Vikings, a game. Uh, we, the thing is, Josh Dobbs played so fucking bad, but Collinsworth, the announcers are so lazy at their job that they already predetermined the outcome of that game. They predetermined who they were going to talk up and they wanted to make a big story about Josh Dobbs and they forced it down our throats. Anybody remember like the late 1980s when Crocodile Dundee came out and it was a, a surprise hit and everybody liked it and everything. And then they forced fucking everything Australian down our assholes. Do you remember that? Like everything became Australian. It's like, okay, man, like we liked, we, we liked the movie. This Paul Newman guy is kind of cool. He's kind of edgy. All right. We don't need every motherfucking thing to be fucking Australian. Oh, back. We don't need that. It was too much. That's what the broadcast, that's what broadcast, primetime broadcast NFL are nowadays. And everybody told us that Josh Dobbs was a certifiable fantasy starter, real life NFL starter, which is way worse. Saying he's a fantasy starter because he has rushing ability and was putting up some decent numbers. You're wrong there. Okay. That's to me, that's jaywalking. That's gliding through, you know, rolling stops. I didn't come to a full stop. All right. But saying that that guy should be the franchise quarterback of the Vikings or the Cardinals or the fucking Steelers or whatever team you assigned him to, that's criminal. That's criminal activity. And I'm not saying this. On to you. This is me defending some of you, even the ones that hate me for whatever reason. If you do hate me and listen to this podcast, hi, welcome. Thank you. Um, There needs to be repercussions because otherwise we could all spout out anything anytime. That's what you do, man. Fuck off. That's something needs to happen because that is it's too. You can't be that degree of wrong. This is like, um, I don't even know, falling asleep with a, you know, with a gas can in one hand and a lit cigarette in the other at an old folks home. This is fucking horrific. You can't fucking do this degree of mistake. It's that bad. And that the Raiders Vikings game is the worst game I've ever seen. These bona fide worst game I've ever seen. You know, another thing, you know, I want to talk about this. I, I said this on the XM show. Um, Tuesday when we it was reviewing the um the Dolphins loss to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. If you heard the Sirius XM show, you know where I'm going with this. But does anybody find something very weird in that game? You all remember? Did you watch that Monday Night game? I was. I was watching the Giants Packers. All right, all right. They're both on at the same time. But there was a play Tyree Kill, who we all he, his over under was 115 yards. That was his total. That was the prop. Barely got half of that. and But he missed the whole rest of the first half and part of the second half. He missed like four possessions. And the question I asked on XM, and I'll ask it to you guys here, why? Why did he miss time? Why was he walking around? He had an injured ankle, they said. Okay. Why was he standing upright walking? Why wasn't he in the game? We saw him come back in the game and make a big fucking impact. 
Here's the, you know what the answer is. I can't even, because I've already had this rant. You know what the fucking problem is? The problem is they thought they could win without him. That's what it was. This is, it was the loss that Miami suffered on Monday night was catastrophic. They had the number one seed on lock. They still had a tough, I shouldn't say number one seed. They had a top two seed really on lock. All they had to do, beat the Jets, win one of the three Cowboy Ravens, Bills game, their fucking gold. Nope, not anymore. Now that Jets game isn't like, okay, no, you it's a mandatory game. And now you've really got to win two of the Bills, Ravens, Cowboys. Good luck. And you you did it because you sat down your best player, the most important player, that you built your offense <coughs> sorry, around. You you built it around him and took him out because you thought you didn't need him. And you let that game play out, let that game. Then you got, uh, there was a deficit, and you got down a couple of scores. And then what happens? You get up a couple of scores. All of a sudden, magically, you're up 27-13. And you thought, oh, that's it. I don't need any more. And when you backed off your offense. You know, it's the same thing that people do with their fantasy teams. It's the same skill that you use, the same methodology that ruins people, and they never know they did it. And I asked that question, does Mike McCarthy, or Mike McCarthy, Mike McDaniel, how many Mike Mick coaches can there be for crying out loud? You'd think I'd like that being an Irishman, but um, nevertheless, how many, does he even know what he did? And I say that to fantasy owners all the time because what happened in week 14? Motherfuckers, you benched Austin Eckler. You fucking benched Austin Eckler. You benched Cooper Cub, despite this loudmouth, obnoxious asshole, Jeff Mans, telling you not to, imploring you, please don't do that. You benched him. And then, then you think, oh, I'll just, now I'm going to turn it back on. Now I'm going to start him and I'm good. No, it's over. You fucking missed it. You lost. You, you, by sitting them down, by benching, by overreacting, you've gone detriment. You've done something detrimental to your team for the long haul. These are really powerfully bad moves. Really, really bad. And we see it in fantasy football every single week. Every week. The chasing has never been more prominent than it is in 2023. I think that it's because of education. I think that some people, I think it's education and street smarts, the both. Some people, everyone, if I asked every one of you, are you smart? You'd be like, well, not book smart, I'm street smart. No, I'm not street smart, I'm book smart. Problem is, some of you aren't either. And that's not, I'm not trying to be mean or rude. I'm not saying I am. I don't think I'm book smart at all. I'm street smart. Street smarts would help me get game theory the fuck out of these optimizers. I just know my, the only thing that I know better than most people is I know when to say when. I know when to say, okay, I don't know. I know when to ask for help. I know to just let it go. I trust in that process. 
Phil Backer, my producer on XM, told me, he's like, I wish I could have your conviction. He goes, I, I really wish I can do that. With uh, the, It was the starting of Eckler and being prominent on Eckler. He goes, I just I can't do And I, I understand it. But what you have to do is just give yourself away. Stop overthinking it. S- start understanding that you put a lot of work in your draft or a waiver move or whatever, and that's the move you need to do. Don't overthink it. It's the lack of education, the lack of knowledge is what, and you don't, it doesn't matter what you say out loud. It's in your own head. You feel that way. You feel inadequate. You feel uninformed. You feel like you're going to make some terrible, bad move. That feeling that's inside of you is what's fucking you over, making you a worse fantasy player or a sports better or a DFS player. Do the right thing and let it fucking go. Let it happen. Don't rethink it and overthink it and rethink it and recalibrate. And then, you know, go out and you look at social media and this person says this and this person says that. And all of a sudden your mind is fucking mashed potatoes. Trust yourselves. Let me tell you. Majority of you out there. And yes, I said majority are way smarter than you think you are. Not that what you tell other people, not what that you trick your wife or girlfriend or husbands or boyfriends into. No, no, no. I'm talking what's inside the part that you don't discuss with anybody. You don't admit to anybody. You don't even really admit it to yourself, but you kind of know. That part of you is smarter than you know, than you realize. Right? Trust it. This stuff, football, sports, it's not that hard. It's not easy. It's not, you're never going to be perfect. But if you just make the call, you know what you're going to, by Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, you know what your lineup is. You know what the DFS lineup is. You know what bets you're going to make. What the fuck do you have to, why are you looking at shit on Sunday morning? I'm not saying don't have alerts set up on your phone in case a guy's out. No, I'm saying why are you, why is it so, we see the numbers on our site, fantasyguru.com. It's astounding. It fucking crashes servers because everybody goes to, everybody's looking for that last detail that maybe they didn't know about before. If you don't know it by Saturday, you're not going to know it. And if you do find it, it probably wasn't that important anyway. You're digging for an information bit that's not pertinent to what you're doing. And it's detrimental to your bottom line. Just telling you that. Um, CJ Stroud was dog shit. Maybe we shouldn't put MVP tags on people. Oh, it's the weather. No, it wasn't the weather. He was dog shit. Stop. Jets are a good defense. Well, they are, but you are a fucking liar who says that because were they a good defense when they, I mean, lost to the fucking Raiders and Aiden O'Connell? Were they good then? Were they good against fucking, you know, Desmond Ritter? They, were they good then? Like, I mean, there's a lot of times you're kind of picking and choosing when the Jets defense is and was good. And speaking of which, what I just talked about, the not knowing, that's what Robert Sala is. Robert Sala, Nate Hackett, have no idea what they're doing. 
None. No idea. That's the thing. See, this is the inadequacies that people have in fantasy football. It's why they have to make trades. I know some of you make a lot of trades. You make trades because you don't feel secure. That's what it is. Don't lie to me. You can't lie to me. It doesn't matter. I know it. Lie to yourself. Lie to your whoever you're trying to rip off. You are trying to manipulate the system. You don't have enough confidence in sticking with something that for the duration. You need to make moves, roster moves, trades. And what do you try to do? You try to get, you'll do anything to get what? Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill? Why? Because they're the best. That means you're inadequate. That means you don't know how to beat. You have no, you just have to trade to get superstar players. You don't need superstar players to win in seasonal. You don't need them to win in daily. You don't need them to win in betting. It helps, but only if they have a good supporting cast around them. If you trade away all these other, if you trade away people all the time, send me, oh, I did this trade. Uh, I traded three guys for, uh, I traded Terry McLaurin, Rashad White, and uh, Chris Olave for McCaffrey and like two random guys I'll never start. Okay, so you traded 42 points for 26 points per week. How do you think that's good? It's not good. And Robert Sala and them, they thought everything was solved because they brought in an MVP and future Hall of Fame quarterback. That's what they thought. They thought, oh, good. We don't have to do anything. He, we're just handing it over. We're submitting. We're putting my, they're putting their ass in the, in the air and spreading their butt cheeks. Take me, Aaron. That's what they're fucking doing. That's what they tried to, and it backfired miserably. Zach Wilson. Adequate backup quarterback. Then you pull him? You pull Zach Wilson for Tim Boyle? You got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, you talk about not knowing what you're doing. That was it. And all because they were four and four, by the way. This Jets team was four and four. But you start Tim Boyle on a good or a good Friday, uh, Black Friday. Holy shit. Then you you have the audacity to start him again, replace him against the Falcons. That's the game. Zach Wilson wins that game going away. Just going away. But you didn't want that. You didn't want to win. Okay, so now you're tanking. Oh, no, now we want to go back to Zach Wilson. Oh, no, Zach Wilson doesn't want to play for us because we're asshole idiots who mistreated him since the day we got in here. Oh, okay, let's out him to the press. All right, guilt him into playing. Oh, now we won. What the fuck are they doing? They just don't know what they're doing. When you don't know what you're doing, you're screwed. Think about that driver analogy I talked about. Just driving along the road, you don't know where the fuck you're going. And imagine that person on the highway. Everyone, We're going 65, 70 miles an hour on the highway. And some assholes going fucking 15 coasting, looking at a fucking fold-up Rand McNally map from 1986. Think they're in the fucking way? Yeah, you're impeding progress. Speaking of which, CJ Stroud, week 12 NFL MVP. Somebody asked me the other day, what are my MVP? I think it's clear. I think it's clear after Monday Night Football. The MVP of the league is Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's the MVP. Nobody's more valuable. 
Watching Tua try to play football without Tyreek Hill was scary. There were I saw somebody tweeted, somebody, I don't know, some beat writer or something like, um, can Tua not play football? Is he not good without Tyreek? Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to player analysis and evaluations. Tyree kills the MVP. My runner-up is Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. How about what Cleveland's doing? And Garrett has been, his numbers aren't breathtaking, but that doesn't show the true impact he's having on the football game. Miles Garrett is a beast that the entire offense needs to account for on every snap. Quarterback, offensive line, running backs, receivers, tight ends. Everybody has to chip, bump, somehow get in his way. That's an MVP. Number three is Christian McCaffrey. If you absolutely have to give it to a 49er or whatever, then it's Christian McCaffrey. Fourth is Jalen Hurts on my board. Fifth choice would be Dak Prescott. Sixth choice would be Josh Allen. He's not that good. Josh Allen's really fucking good this year. People, uh, fantasy number, the interceptions are a problem. All right, no question about that. However, he is, what, leading the league in, what, passing. He's leading the league. He's one of the top rushing quarterbacks. He has 10 fucking rushing touchdowns. Look how fucking important that is. 25 passing touchdowns, which is still second in the league. I had, yeah, I had Hurts four, Dak five, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were very impressive. And I said it on the XM show the other day too. Don't ever underestimate momentum. Momentum is a hell of a drug. It's better than cocaine. Trust me, better than cocaine. You get enough momentum going, you start believing you could fucking fly. You start believing CJ Stroud's the MVP of the league or Brock Purdy for that matter. But no, you you don't. It's Josh Allen ahead of Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy would be my seventh choice. There's really not that many great choices out there. Let's look at the uh, NFL recap. What I want to do today, I want to get into, um, I really want to get into what we were right and wrong about tomorrow or tomorrow. The, uh, Next week is going to be holiday episode. I'm going to talk a lot about holidays and stories about holidays. We'll talk a little football, but it's going to be hot. You know, we'll definitely talk football, but I definitely want to talk about that. Um, Other things on my docket. Oh, I need to comment on uh, Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers. Baseball is ruined. And they did a great, I thought they did a really good job last year. Pitch clock, all that stuff is very good. Uh, Otani, the, everything about the contract is dumb. Everything. The Dodgers circumventing the, the state income tax. Um, everything is about, everything is dumb. Why, by the way, why would a player defer that salary? I mean, <laughs> the idea that sports, this is another thing that bothers me. I think there's a fundamental fallacy that we all believe sports are entitled to us now. Major League Baseball, National Football League, we think that they're, I can't believe how many times I see teams being purchased for $3 billion and people are oh, just going to get it back. It's good investment. Not really. $3 billion is, 
the teams were going for 800 million five years ago. Now they're 3 billion. No, no. How much do you think? Here's the problem. Um, what, how do I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys. Cause how do, how do the Los Angeles Dodgers make money? I'll give you a multiple choice. Is it a, the owner just has endless supplies of money and he could just spend all of that. B do the Dodgers actually, well, I'll, we'll assume you realize that the owners don't have endless money and are sure as fuck not spending their own money on anything but the purchase price of a team. So B, Dodgers make money through ticket sales and concessions and merchandise. C, do you think Dodgers make money on television rights, radio rights, online, streaming, all that stuff? Some of you may be smart in in marketing. Do you think it's all licensing, licensing their logo and products and services and and uh players well obviously the answer is all of them right of course it's all of it however let me ask you a question some of you are going to say television um you know ratings have been down major league baseball forever worst rated world series we've seen in a long time um a slight uptick this year Attendance has been down. Ratings have been down. Also, here's the problem. Here's what a business person doesn't or knows, but won't tell you. Do you think the television industry is in good shape? You think TV, you think these companies are just having a great time, hand out making money? HBO's doing well, ESPN, any big channel, you think they're doing well? If you think they are, you're fucking out of your mind. No. One of the only things keeping television going, as we know it, true story, is fucking live sports. It's the only, how do television stations make money? Just by being there? Subscription rates? I'll get back to subscription rates in a second. Advertising. How do you get advertisers? How do you get them to spend? Put eyeballs on it. There is so much content on our cell phones, on social media, on radio, audios, podcasts, fucking street performers, man, everything that there's just not as many eyeballs glued to the television box <laughs> as there used to be, right? There's just not that many people. And the ones that watch television and are watch TV are streaming. They're watching HGTV. They're watching TLC. They're watching. It's so segmented that you're not getting any kind of marketable numbers that really matter or impact would be advertisers. And the other problem is how much can we afford? The regular person, every single one of you, when's the last time you went to a sporting event? I went to three baseball games this year. I went to a game in Philadelphia and for my family of five, it, I spent over a thousand dollars and I sat in the upper deck. A thousand dollars. That doesn't count travel. That's just tickets, parking, food. That's it. I didn't drink. I had two bottles of water. Thousand fucking dollars. Can you all do that? 
Fuck, can you? Would you all do that? Would anybody do that? Attendance isn't up anywhere. It's way down in the National Football League, even though they mandate that they sell the tickets. They're not going to games. Go to look at the other night at Giants Stadium was empty. It's empty for the Jets, empty for the Giants the next day. It's fucking empty. People, we cannot afford. So when you sign a player to $700 million, where's that money come from? Comes from us. Comes from television rights. Comes from more advertising. There is a limit of what human beings can spend. We can't keep spending more money on everything. There is a break. We can't do it for our streaming services. All the cut the cord nonsense from five years ago was dumb as shit because cutting the cord is the most expensive thing that maybe anybody's ever done. Cable TV was actually a bargain. Who knew? I didn't like those channels. Well, you still got a ton of fucking content and you got them for pennies on the dollar where now every streaming service, everyone, 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. Oh, I'm paying uh, 400 for streaming. Yeah, you're paying 80 for cable. I mean, we can't afford it. The people that fuel sports can't afford it. So the idea that these teams are going to be around forever is not true. I'm not saying they're going to go away. They're, they're going to, there's always going to be sports. Just it can't keep going up, up, up and away like this. The every bubble bursts. You see it in the house market time after time. We all get too gung ho with real estate, and then boom, bubble bursts. All goes reback. It has to. The market gets reset. The Dodgers are going to have new owners by the time they start paying Shohei Otani any real fucking money. I don't know how that's legal. I don't know how that's. I mean, it's great for them. It's idiotic for Otani and his agent. No, oh, you get more money down the road. No, you, you don't know that. What if they go bankrupt? Bankrupt? Uh, why not? They almost did before the McCords, didn't they? Did that divorce? What What are the Dodgers going to look like when they can't pay that kind of fucking money in the future? What's going to happen? There's going to be lawsuits, and they're going to be, uh, if I could go to the Supreme Court, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you should never sign a deal like that. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course you can. A deal that's worth more than half the league's franchises in general, yeah, probably not a good idea. And it's a stupid deal. A guy had UCL surgery. I don't. None of these big-ass contracts ever fucking work out. They always look good year two, one, two, three. Then you get your four, five, six, and you're like, oh, boy. And then you still got five fucking years left, four or five years to go, paying out these this once was, missing out on a lot of other young talent because of it. Garbage. Absolute garbage. I want to get into a uh, regular season recap here for the uh, for fantasy football and stuff. Uh, the other day on SiriusXM, Ted and I, discussed our worst calls of the season. I want to expand on some of my worst calls of the year and also talk about some of the best, you know, but I'll try to do more wrongs than rights because I know I got called the, I, my Monday show the last couple of Mondays has been very egotistical. I won't say egotistical. It's arrogant, but fuck it. I've earned it. I earned it because I have had a real, I have gotten really, really lit up 
even from some of my own membership people, every time somebody loses, they start out 0-1 or 0-2, they fucking flip their minds. They're, they flip out. And I get all the strays. I get all the shrapnel. You know? I get hit like that. So you're, you're fucking A right. I'm going to wave it in your face when I got the cards. You're fucking A right I will. That's who I am. Like it or not, that's it. Don't mean anything by it. I am not arrogant in any other thing that I do. Anybody who knows me outside of the sports or the radio guy would never, that's one word I guarantee you never hear. But I know goddamn well I do it. I know damn well that I'm arrogant on the air. Have to be in this business. Teams I was right about, well, Dolphins, Eagles, Lions, Broncos. How about the Broncos, baby? What would the score be if the Dolphins played the Broncos tomorrow? It was 70 to 20 in week three. That was a complete destruction and one that, like, you know, almost just people calling for Sean Payton's head. All of a sudden, Remember here, let's just an FYI. The Broncos have the Lions this week, which the Lions just got beat by the Bears. All right. Um, Bears team that Broncos beat earlier in the season. That the week after losing 70 to 20, they beat the Bears, who beat the Lions. That's a that's a competitive game. Could go either way. Then they've got the Patriots Chargers without Justin Herbert, who's out for the year, and and the Raiders. If that happens, which of course it won't, because I'll never be right. Um, Jeffy Boy's binging the Broncos podcast prediction was exactly right. If that happens, so I'm sure they'll lose one of those games. But still, a ten and seven record is brilliant. Is absolutely brilliant. Um. They've won six out of the last seven games, right? The Broncos have done very well, and we're, we are seeing the payoff. The Browns, another team I believed in. I am stunned they're doing it. I never thought they'd do it without Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, um, uh, Jedrick Wills, like all Denzel Ward for most of the season. Like, it's unbelievable that the Browns keep winning. But those teams I was right about, I was wrong on the Chargers. Brandon Staley, fortunately, I don't think Brandon Staley should be a defensive coordinator anywhere. Anywhere, He was, he is the Ben Johnson. Brandon Staley is what everybody wants Ben Johnson to be in Detroit. He's the new wonder kid. He came out of nowhere. He looks like he's the new sexy thing. Really, Brandon Staley looked good because of Vic Fangio's defense. He took over for it. Had number one, he put, took it to LA and had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald in their prime and was just dominating. And that got him a head coaching job and a way too long of a leash for the Chargers. But I was I fell for it. I was wrong. Wrong about the Cowboys. Right? I contend if the Cowboys didn't face that such an easy schedule, but that's part of my job. I should do better. I need to do better projecting that out. Cowboys. I had them as finishing last, I believe, in the division, or I said they could finish last in the division, and they may be the one seed. Real bad call by me. I should never underestimate Dak Prescott playing for money either. I really shouldn't. 
I was wrong on the Ravens. Uh, Ravens? I, the Ravens I was right about, but ultimately I was wrong about. That offense is not better. It's just not better. Jeff, they're fourth in points and sixth in yards. Well, they are, but they're still first in – they're 19th in uh, pass – they're 29th in pass attempts and 19th in passing yards, 17th in pass touchdowns. That's why they're, they're number one in the league in rushing yards. And they're doing it with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, complete randoms. But I was wrong about the Ravens. I really was. And I underestimated the defense mightily. That's for sure. I said there was sixth or seventh best team in the AFC. Wrong. Absolutely. I said that in the, during the season, too, by the way. And then the Texans. I'm sure a lot of people got that one wrong, but I knew there would be an improvement. I liked C.J. Stroud. I was right on Stroud over Bryce Young, by the way, documented. But never thought the entire group would play to a, a level that has them in playoff contention. I think they... I think that's one of those teams, though, that played way above their skis. They have some winnable games, two against the Titans, one against the Colts. But it wouldn't surprise me if they got swept and didn't win another game. They also played Cleveland. But a 7-10 and what, 10 season would be a massive improvement even for DeBinko Ryan's crew. They And again, they could continue to impress and surprise us and fucking make the playoffs. I mean... That's just a stunning development. The um, manifesto over at fantasyguru.com, like that's that's my baby right there. I love it and, you know, love putting draft guide stuff together. Uh, when I say I love it, I really mean I love going back and looking at what the thoughts were with some of those players and those teams and players that I liked. And holy shit, were some of these good? Like it was real. My my perfect draft team, the perfect team, uh, is literally the perfect team. Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson. Now I had Damian Pierce as my RB two. That was a miss, but Javante was my RB two. I'll take that because my wide receivers, my number one receiver is Debo Samuel. Like Debo uh, is doing pretty good, right? Everybody, anybody disappointed with Debo? Maybe you were a couple weeks ago. But again, top end wide receiver, but it gets even better because Keenan Allen was my wide receiver too. And uh, I think the wide receiver three in the league, pretty good get for your number two. Mike Evans, the wide receiver nine in the league. So I have three top 12 receivers as my three wideouts in that league. And, oh, by the way, Cortland Sutton was my fourth. Romeo Dubs, fifth. Odell Beckham, sixth. Travis Kelsey was my tight end. He's the number one tight end, even though he's gone down for sure. I mean, that's a fucking banger. The all-mans team, the best draft values, that one didn't shape up nearly as well. Um, Injuries destroyed me. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, though, was QB4. Let's be straight. He was quarterback four. That was a very, very good play. Nick Chubb injured. Miles Sanders sucked. Javante solid, but, you know, good at that running back three role where I had him. 
But when your first running back goes down, second running back is Miles Sanders. That's not great. Jamar Chase, good. Calvin Ridley, good. Kadarius Tony, not good. Still had Rasheed Rice, though. Rasheed Rice, Dobbs, Pickens, Dalton Schultz is my tight end. These are the all man's team is the values, getting the right values at the right time. I think injuries hurt that now. The perfect draft team runs away with the league. No question about that. The all man's team, well, we would have had to figure out something with um oh, actually, you know what's weird? I just realized this. Um, I drew him forward. I handcuffed. What a fucking genius. <laughs> Not bad. Jerome for so yeah, that team's a playoff team. Now you'd have to make moves, cut bait on Sanders, obviously. I needed a, another running back in there. I will say that last week of the sea uh, long you know, a month after writing this, and a month it was still a month to the go to the season. Kyron Williams was on my radar. This looks like a team I would have went hard after Kyron Williams. Can't say that though, obviously, right? I mean. Could have easily gone after some other schlub running back that, or got some other schlub running back, but Kyron was high on my list. But another guy uh, in, you know, when Chubb went down, but still having Ford and Javante are two top 24 running backs, which not that bad. I could live with that with a top end quarterback like Herbert was. Chase has been up and down, Ridley's been very up and down. And then again, like I've dubs in the beginning of the season would have been good. Pickens for a while, Rasheed Rice for a while, Dalton Schultz after a terrible start. This team would have started out like dog shit and gotten a lot better. But ultimately, this is a playoff team. You know, definitely it's hard to say because you know there's a move with Chubb and Sanders. And what I ultimately did with that, those positions was whether or not this team made a playoff. But I'm very con I very, very proud of that work. I'm extremely proud of those players. Some of the strategies, uh, I talked a lot about two-quarterback strategy this year. Uh, I think it was a great strategy for two QBs where pay up to get the number one, pay up to get in the league. The, the strategy on quarterbacks was perfect. Pay up to get one of the top guys. And the guy, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, all great, Lamar Jackson. That's what I said. If you, I said, if you, if one of them aren't there, do not take one of those quarterbacks, right? Guys I pinpointed later on, ooh, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, blah, Kirk Cousins, injured, golf, it's all right. Stafford and Rodgers, mm. As that QB2, though, a Dak Prescott as a QB2 was the league winner. Just saying. Uh, the quarterback strategy was right. Paying up elite quarterbacks rule the day. I know that you're going to say, Sam Howell. Sam Howell, no fucking way. Most pass attempts in the league by a landslide and is eighth in quarterback points. 18 touchdowns only. He's been saved by five rushing touchdowns. No fucking way. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. I know you've technically got another one extra point to Patrick Mahomes. Give me Mahomes' production all, all year long. So that's not one. If you got Stroud, yes, Purdy. A lot of people say I was hating on Purdy. I think Ted Schuster's anger towards Brock Purdy. Remember, Brock Purdy is from like the town where my family lives. 
And I almost bought a hot tub from his parents. Like I'm not against, never against Brock Purdy. I did say to be careful. I wasn't high on him either though, for sure. But to say I was against him was not true. Um, You know, the targets, I mean, Burrow, Burrow's the big one. Burrow and Herbert getting hurt is brutal. Russell Wilson's been solid. Um, Running back theory. I think this was a good strategy as well. Staying away from running backs at the top. Even though Bijan will be seen as a negative, that's just people not understanding the game we're playing. Again, intelligence. It's just not true. Bijan's been an absolute home run play all year long. It's frustrating. I understand. But there's two players that aren't frustrating in fantasy football. Well, three, Josh Allen. Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Every player at every other position, everyone, not all, all of them have been frustrating. Other targets are running backs weren't so good. Aaron Jones, huge miss. Najee Harris, I had a lot more. I thought Najee would play a lot better. I really did. And I, the middle of the season against Houston, I said, this is the week, either Jalen Warren steps up and takes the job now or forever hold his peace. He did not do that that week. And yet four weeks later, he did. That just tells, uh, it was weird. However, there is a 11 point and 11 point difference between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And Jalen Warren has 20 more receptions. So, from a pure rushing standpoint and every single capacity, Najee Harris has been better than Warren, but it's still not what I wanted either way. And the, the quite frankly, the fracture but in that Steelers backfield is why I – that's why I was into Najee Harris and what I was wrong about. I didn't think there was any chance there would be a backfield split there. So that's a bad one. Miles Sanders is a bad one. Um, Damian Pierce, some misses. However, Devon Achan, Brian Robinson, Javante's been good. Fuck A.J. Dillon. I said Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon has not been good. Nothing of like what we wanted him to be. Right? Nothing. about. Nah, he's dog shit. Come to think of it. No, fuck A.J. Dillon. He's, he, that was a miss, too. I still contend Aaron Jones would have made that offense a lot better, but can't say that now. Um, My fate of Austin Eckler was perfect. A fate of Cam Akers was perfect. Um, Fading Jameer Gibbs at cost was, but now it isn't. So notice the lines have gotten a lot worse since they got away from Montgomery, but some good calls, some bad calls up in there. Um, Let's just talk about it. I'm running out of time. Um, let's talk about the really great calls. Um, Stroud over Young, Kyron Williams. I'll say Puka Nakoa, even though I was yeah, – I hate to say I was in on Puka. I was never in on Puka. But I have the ownership papers that says both Kyron Williams – Kyron Williams I was on in every league. for Every format, there's nobody who could discount that. And then Puka, I was in on the best ball season as a super-duper late round because I thought Cooper Cup would get hurt. 
and all that. Then we got to the NFL regular season and his first two weeks, and I told everybody, no fucking way. No fucking way. Cup is going to be back, blah, blah, blah. And I will fight with you. I think it's a good argument, though, that I was right on that. I think I was right on Puka's been better than I thought, for sure, even with Cup back. But he's. I think all the Ballyhoo after the first three weeks or four weeks when Cup was out, he has he was wide receiver 46 until the last two weeks, right? And, and since that point, since Cup came back. Uh, Bijan was a great call. Devin Achan. Achan was a great call. DeAndre Swift was a great call. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Debo Samuel, Cortland Sutton, Rasheed Rice, fucking Dobbs, Christian Watson not being the lead receiver on his own fucking team, Dalton Schultz. These are great calls. Bad calls, Dak, the Cowboys, Derrick Henry. Uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry is like running back four or five in fantasy football, and I just can't fathom it. He looks like shit. But when you score 10 touchdowns, uh, there you go. Derrick Henry has four rushing yards per attempt and 875 yards only this season. That is just wild. But I'll take the hit. I'll take the over Rashad White. That was way off on Rashad White. Way off on him. Sand, Miles Sanders, Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, Brandon Ayuk. You know, I was on Debo over Ayuk, and Ayuk has it's been back and forth and forth and back between both of them. The the bottom line is they both are great, but I was out on Ayuk. Oh, my worst call, one of the worst calls, Kadarius Tony for sure. Now, it was my ninth round pick, and I told everybody I knew the risk going in. But uh, here's the thing about Tony, and I said this on XM the other day. The thing I was wrong about Tony, I knew he wouldn't play all the games. I knew he was injury prone. What I got wrong about Tony wasn't that. He stayed healthy. He's played more games than I thought he would all year. I got wrong that he could step up and elevate the way he did in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs of last season. That's the Kadarius Tony I thought was going to happen. Now I'll argue. <laughs> I don't defend yourself, Joe. It's just wrong. If that Chiefs offense was right, Kadarius Tony would would be a part of it. But he's a piece of shit and he sucks. And I was wrong. Rookie tight ends. How about that? I was wrong. Of all the years, uh, I'll I'll never go into rookie tight ends. Uh, although Brock Bowers next year, ooh, that's going to be a tough one for me. Laporta and Dalton Kincaid. Now, Kincaid became my favorite core for tight end for a four-week stretch there when Dawson Knox was down. But he's back now, and we saw you know a lot more limited in this Buffalo offense now. But I was wrong on the rookie tight end situation as well. So there we go. Uh, all right, folks. Um, let's get into week number 15. Best matchups. We go in the trenches here. Uh, Falcons against the Panthers, though. you Panthers are a good team to run on. The One of the problems with last week and why I ultimately went with Alvin Kamara over B. John Robinson in my cash game lineup was because three offensive linemen were out for, including Caleb McGarry, the best offensive lineman for the Falcons. Now, we got to get some of these guys back in order for this to be as big of a smash situation for Bijan and or Tyler Algier than it is on paper. Tampa Bay against the Packers. Run the ball on the Packers. It's unbelievable how many good matchups Rashad White has had. 
it, every week it seems to get better and better for Rashad White in the ground. And then Detroit against the Broncos. If you want to, if Detroit wants to get out of this funk that they're in offensively, they need to go back to ground and pound with David fucking Montgomery. Stop force feeding Gibbs. Stop trying to pass the ball a hundred times. Don't do it against Denver. Run it down their fucking throat and you'll be good. Best matchup in coverage. Hey, the commanders are back. That's great for Puka Nakoa, Cooper Cup. Don't bench them anymore. Not at home with Stafford, at home against the fucking commanders. Cup and Puka to the moon this week. The 49ers passing game will continue to see success against the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, another team coming off the bye. Kind of sucked not having them to pick on in DFS, but, you know, they're back. Best part about that is it is they are on the main slate as well. And San Francisco's offense is such a well-oiled machine. They th- put up 35 points last time against the Arizona Cardinals. And I see, and that's when the Cardinals defense was technically playing okay. Brock for, threw for 283. Ayuk went for 148 in that game. Now, the only problem is that was, I believe Debo didn't play. Debo didn't have a catch against them last time. So, to the moon. And then, just because I shit on C.J. Stroud a little bit today, doesn't mean I'm not playing him in week 15. Texans against the Titans, third best matchup for the passing game. And Nico Collins, oh, Noah Brown. I'm licking my chops. Everyone wants to fade Noah Brown now, and they're out on Noah Brown, and I'll go right back in, even though I technically I do want Nico Collins more. If I get Nico at low ownership of DFS, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So there you go. Um, Thursday night game this week. We have Saturday games. We've got Thursday games. This is going to be shit. Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. you got to be fucking kidding me, man. You've got to be motherfucking kidding me. Every fucking game on Thursday night is dog shit. Just absolute dog shit. Um, I'm not. I don't love this game. I don't love either side of this game. I don't like the scoring opportunities in this game. But I'll tell you, if I'm making a bet, it's going to be a, a um a prop bet. I'll do Josh Jacobs, assuming he plays. Now he left with a knee injury, so uh, I would go Josh Jacobs fifty plus yards. All right, that's or if it's Samir White, I'd go forty plus rushing yards. We'll get better odds if it's Samir White. If indeed Josh Jacobs doesn't play in this game, and then I'm going to go back to Austin Eckler and probably like some total yardage prop on that. They don't have anything out as of right now. Eckler's receiving numbers like twenty six and a half for receiving yards, but as of this recording, they just don't have anything out. So unfortunately, those are the pl- I can't give you a bet. Can't give you a bet because that's the players I'm looking at. And really, Devontae Adams, too. Definitely, buy. I'll buy the dip on Devontae Adams. They set the number at 68.5 on him. I'd probably use an alt line to go like 50-plus on Adams just to give myself some wiggle room. But those are the guys that I would like there. Survivor, are you, are you fucking serious? How are you guys still in Survivor? I don't know. If you are, you're you had to have had multiple entries. I want to see at Jeff underscore man's your survivor pool. If you are still in a survivor, I want to see one entry who you chose every step of the way. 
All right. I want to see it. I would choose the Rams. Rams this week. I don't like the Giants are playing better. I don't like that New Orleans game. Feels like a trap. Philadelphia, if you still got them on Monday Night Football, despite two losses in a row, I'd go right back to them. Atlanta against Carolina, I'm fine with that. Even though it's a road game, others may dip away. Those are the games that I'd be looking at, though, for week 15. All right, folks, I'm plumb out of time. Again, holiday episode next week. I will talk football. There will be week 15 recap. There will be week 16 breakdowns and bets and survivors as per usual. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoring in this podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you to my producer, Sean Engel, who always does a bang-up job on this show. Folks, you may disagree with some or every damn thing you heard on today's program. It's perfectly all right, because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.